Welcome to the Growth Exponential Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, David DeLugas, who's the Executive Director of Parents USA. Parents USA's mission is to serve the United States' 160 million married and unmarried parents and their children to preserve and support the parent-child relationship, taking positions only based on the U.S. Constitution. David, welcome. Thank you so much, Bradley. Glad to be here. It's great to have you here. Now, your organization itself is an association as well? Actually, we like to view it as an association because we're comprised of the parents in America who learn about us and decide they want to be part of this movement or power in America that parents have, but underutilize. It's amazing. And at a high level, could you describe what Parents USA does? Primarily, our goal is to serve all of the parents in America and their children, the families. And we do that by looking only to the U.S. Supreme Court decisions and what the Constitution says about parenting in America. And surprisingly, most people don't know this, but the Supreme Court has says it is a fundamental right for parents to raise their children as they wish without interference from anybody else, provided, of course, this makes sense, they don't hurt their children. They don't cause them actual harm. Now, that's what the court says, but in reality, we all know there are so many rules, regulations, policies, and the like that cause parents to, frankly, parent with a bit of trepidation, concern, fear, worries about, is it okay if I do this? It's amazing. And I, I love the way that the part is also empowering the parents in their child's journey. Well, exactly. One of, one of the real issues and the reason this organization came about was a recognition of the lack of power parents have, that parents really aren't influencing legislation or policies. They're frankly not taking advantage of their economic market influence that they could and should have. I mean, everybody wants to sell to parents, have them buy their products or their services, but few are actually impacted by parents saying, how about us? Where are our discounts? Older Americans, of course, turn to the AARP, and our business model is based on that because, if you reflect on it, of all the organizations in America, the AARP is pretty powerful. It's hard to deny that. But their power comes from two sources. One, they have 37 million members, and of course, politicians know those members vote. And secondly, they have a lot of money that comes from having 37 million members. Now, there are more parents in America than older Americans. So in, re in reality, parents should have as much or more power than any other group in America and flex those muscles politically and economically to get a lot done. And the other facet that we discovered really needs to uh, be developed is parents giving back to others so that through our resources, we will be able to help directly help families, parents, and children who need our assistance so that through a modest $29 a year membership dues, we collectively can have the strength economically to help others. So we're going to be making do uh, donations to other 501c3s for medical research for children's uh, cancer, for example, pediatric cancer research. And we also have a new program to roll out where we're providing non-emergency medical transportation through Lyft and Uber for children's hospitals to get those parents who don't have reliable transportation or any transportation to get their kids to that health care. So it doesn't matter if you have insurance or don't have insurance, 
if you can't get to the doctor or to the hospital or to the therapist, you're just not going to have the kind of medical care children need. That's amazing. And I'm super curious about your background and where you came from and your story and what led you to be the executive director of Parents USA. Let's start at the beginning. Well, I have to start actually toward the end, which is I'm a parent. I have a child. I have a 12-year-old son. And it is uh, such a wonderful role to have in life is to be a parent. And as I became a parent, my life changed considerably. Uh, everything, the focus, the goals that I had. And it caused me to reflect upon how I got to where I am. And the starting point really is in grade school, high school, it was pretty clear I was intellectually gifted. I'm, I'm not bragging, it's just a reality. I was gifted, I did well in school, and frankly, I never cracked a book. This continued as I went into college and I graduated from Duke University and candidly, Rarely went to class, rarely opened the books, and did, did reasonably well. So then I went on to law school. Now, why law school? Ah, the decision was I was lazy. And I actually thought law school was the easiest way to get an advanced degree because for me, reading, absorbing material, and spitting it out and thinking about it, that wasn't very difficult. The gifts or the skill set of a lawyer really fit me well. I went to law school, didn't do very much studying, didn't crack the books. I, I worked full-time through law school, and then I got a very good job at a large law firm and did that work for quite a long time and discovered that I could be a lawyer making a comfortable living, and I didn't have to work very hard. Again, going back to I always had been fairly lazy and didn't really maximize my gifts. I, I would take it if somebody were athletically gifted and just didn't work out, didn't train, didn't try hard, they could still do reasonably well in professional athlete, uh, athletics, of course. But the superstars, those are the people who really apply their gifts. So I looked at it that way. And then one day, about 10 years ago, I started to notice in my work how powerful judges were, how they were telling parents what they could and couldn't do, not because it was necessary to protect a child from being hurt or damaged in some way, but just because the judge decided that's what they thought was right. It came down to um, issues that, that were very bothersome. And then I noticed more and more in the media reports of parents being accosted by police because they had the audacity to let their children walk home from the park. They had the audacity to let their children walk the dog without them in tow. And those may seem like relatively small irritations, but I viewed them as a struggle between the right of parents to make decisions about their kids and the powers that our government has. So I looked into it, and I wasn't real surprised to, to learn that, indeed, as I mentioned earlier, Supreme Court's already spoken on this, but just because they speak to it doesn't mean that local government, state government will mind their P's and Q's and do what's right. So whether it's competing doctors who have different opinions about medical care, if you, I, or any other adult hears from a doctor about um, a diagnosis and treatment plan, we always have the option, and, and most of us would do it, get a second opinion. But if you're a parent and you seek a second opinion, the first doctor reports you for medical neglect to Child Protective Services, known by different names in different states, and they'll come investigate. Why? Because you're not doing what that first doctor said. But who should have that choice? The doctors 
or you as the parent, so long as you're providing the medical care that a doctor licensed to practice medicine has provided you, why should anybody else interfere with that? Yet again, this is where government says, oh, we know better than you do, parents, and we are going to second guess you every step of the way. And we're wasting resources doing that, while in other situations, absolutely, kids are being hurt. I put it this way, why are you investigating the lady who stopped for a cup of coffee and ran inside, came out within a few minutes, her kids were locked safely in a car with the air conditioning on, they were never in any danger, and those resources are being used to investigate her, while a child in another part of town has broken bones, cigarette burns, and is being hurt. We really need to rethink our priorities. And that really speaks to the work that you're doing with Parents USA. Well, true. We're not trying to get government to stay out of the parent-child relationship, but to do so prudently, appropriately, reasonably, so as to protect children as much as possible from being harmed, which is a government function that's reasonable, makes sense, but to leave the rest of us alone if we make a decision, like I say, to let our children go to the park and play if they're capable of doing so. I mean, it's absurd that Utah had to pass a law, and it's, it's coined the free-range kids law that says uh, government won't interfere in, with a parent or child if the child's playing alone under certain circumstances where they're not in danger. It seems uh, to me the, the height of irony that we're passing laws that repeat what the Supreme Court has already said. Remarkable. And what are some of the goals for Parents USA over the next few years? Well, let's go into our three various missions. On the one hand, when it comes to advocacy and legislative policy, we would like to see a law passed in all 50 states that says so long as a parent is substantially complying with the diagnosis and treatment plan of a doctor licensed to practice medicine, the state's going to leave them alone. Uh, We'd like to see policies that say that unless a child is actually at risk of harm, that the fact that a child is out jogging, riding a bicycle, walking the dog, playing in a park without a parent nearby uh, is not grounds for stopping the child and investigating the parents. And that if an investigation is launched, and this is remarkable, the case I mentioned earlier of a, a mother who stopped in and got a cup of coffee, Child Protective Services showed up and insisted on the children having sexual and physical abuse examinations by a doctor. Although there was no basis to believe there's any abuse going on, the mother had gotten a cup of coffee and left the children alone for less than three minutes. So mm-hmm. we have to, have to, again, use proportionality. That would be like you jaywalk, and as a result of that, you go through body cavity searches. It, it's just absurd. So one area would be legislative and policy changes to allow parents to parent and children to be children, again, unless there's some actual reason to believe a child is at risk or has been hurt. And then the second area is to give back to parents and to their families so that we are paying for non-emergency medical transportation for children's hospitals around the country to ensure that those parents who are bringing their children in, again, for non-emergency, can get there. If they don't have a car or it's inappropriate to bring a child on public transportation who's the child's very ill, so we want to pay so they uh, can dispatch an Uber or Lyft in order to accomplish that. We want to provide direct financial assistance to parents if their child is diagnosed with cancer and going through chemotherapy 
many of us can afford to be away from work for stretches of time and go with our child for such treatment. Many parents can't. They're, they're working day to day in a restaurant as a server or in a factory or somewhere else where missing work means they can't pay their mortgage or their, their rent payment or their car payment if they have a car. So we want to be able to, in those circumstances, actually pick up the tab using our collective community of parents, each providing a small amount and call it charity, call it what you want. It's helping other parents in situations where they actually need our assistance. And the third area would be to take all this power that we're gathering and flex our muscles in the marketplace to get discounts and benefits for our members. For example, we've just launched a program where if you join, you get an entertainment.com digital coupons, uh, download our, the app, and then it allows you to get two-for-one meals, discounts on products and services that ought to be hundreds of dollars of benefit to our new members and thereby offset the $29 of the membership dues. So we want to expand that, of course, though, to go into the marketplace and get more discounts so that it's hotels and rental cars and airlines and other providers and insurance. As an organization, we should be able to provide supplemental insurance or health insurance at, at a discount to what people would otherwise be able to get in the marketplace. Of course, none of us really knows what government's going to do with health insurance, so that, that'll be a, a moving target. That's great. And it sounds like you're doing great work for people currently and terrific plans for the future on how to do that. What are ways that people can get involved with Parents USA? Well, the most significant way, of course, is to add their name to our list of members, put their, not that we'll share their name with anybody, but just numbers. As I said, the ARP is powerful because it has 37 million members. Any organization, no matter what your cause or position, would, would be powerful with a lot of members. So we want that number to grow exponentially. Now, to be clear, we are not an organization that is promoting a particular agenda or outcome. So we don't, for example, favor homeschooling, private schooling, or public schooling one over the other. We favor each parent making that decision for their child. We don't favor a particular parenting methodology. If you want to be a helicopter parent and be very protective of your child, you know what? That's your right. If you want to be very uh, open and allow your child a lot of freedom, the free-range kids philosophy, that's your choice too. So to be clear to all the parents who will hear this, we're not trying to get you to parent a particular way. In, in fact, one of the things we don't do, we don't provide content on how to parent. If we were to do that, we, we would just be replicating what's already out there. Parents should have the freedom to choose among the various sources they can turn to how they might want to parent their child, discipline their child, raise their child. And we're just there to protect their right to be an adequate parent, to be a good parent. Certainly we encourage and want all parents, the best parent they can be, but we don't have a particular way that we believe they should parent. Just don't hurt your child because that's what the U.S. Supreme Court says is the boundary from, uh, for you to have the choice about your own kids. Getting involved, we're a 501c3, so don donations are always helpful. But of course, we don't wanna rely upon donations. We wanna be self-sustaining through millions of parents coming together and saying, here's my $29. Thank you for the discounts and benefits that we're gonna get that offset it. And please go do some great work on our behalf and quit trying to tell me how to parent. 
is the voice, the words that we'll be saying to everybody across America. Just leave parents alone as long as they're not hurting their child. Where do people find you? Well, our website is parentsusa.org. Uh, the official name of the company is National Association of Parents, but our DBA doing business as is Parents USA, and our URL is parentsusa.org. And of course, we're also on Twitter and Facebook, and I think an Instagram page is coming up soon as well. That's amazing. Well, I want to thank you, David, for being here today and wish you tremendous success in all of your worthy endeavors. And uh, thank you. Well, thank you. Might I mention one other thing? We've already, in a number of cases, Wisconsin Supreme Court and Court of Appeals, the U.S. Supreme Court, Georgia Court of Appeals and Supreme Court, have filed amicus briefs, friend of the court briefs, on behalf of parents who are taking a particular position that we think our voice would be helpful for those appellate courts to consider as they render a decision. So we're speaking out and we currently have a program where we help parents in certain cases. So one of the things we can do, and you don't have to be a member to get this service, is send us a request for help at help at parentsusa.org. An attorney paralegal will review that request, see if it fits within our mission and whether our providing some legal resources might be useful or helpful not just to the parent who's asking for help, but to parents across the country who need us to be pushing back against, again, that infringement that comes along with government thinking they know better than the parents. Amazing, amazing. Well, I wish you continued success and thank you for being with us today. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. If you know an executive director or nonprofit professional that you think I should interview, shoot me an email at bradley at growthexponential.org.